Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Now, our, uh, our message today, we are in week two of, uh, I backed it up with the digits, I don't know if you saw that, we're in week two, I don't know why I did that, of our series called Start With Hope. And it's a, it's a series, it's an idea that's kind of been in my head and my heart for a few, uh, a few weeks, a few months even. And so we, we like this idea of as we start the year, let's, let's bring hope to 2023, right? The last two or three years have been a mess for everyone. That's what's so special about what COVID did for us, is it made a mess of everyone's life, not just some of us. And so I thought, what would it be like for us to bring hope into 2023? And so not just starting the year with hope, but what if, this is what we talked about last week, and and if you weren't here last week or or don't remember, uh, you can uh, catch the previous messages on the podcast or on YouTube. But what we talked about last week was how we can take different decisions, different situations in our life and start with hope. What would it look like to start with hope, to remember the hope that we have in God, the very same God who put his spirit in us? What would it be like to start with that hope in a big decision you have coming up, to start with hope when you have to have a difficult conversation with your spouse or with your kids or with your boss? What would it be like for our lives if we could start with hope? What I want to do today is I want to dig in a little bit further And I want to talk to y'all about the nature of hope. What hope can look like, not just if we start with it, but if if we dig a little bit further and look deeper into that word, into that concept of hope, if we looked at the nature of hope. Now, it's not a fact, it is my opinion that the nature of hope is that hope expects. Hope looks forward to Hope sees uh, uh, optimism in the future. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to challenge you to be an optimist if you're not. We need realists. Please stay who you are. But if we start with hope, sometimes hope can give us a little bit of an edge, of an optimistic look of the future. Hope expects good things. Now, sometimes the challenge with hope the challenge with, with expecting good things, and, and, and tell me if you're anything like this, is we can look at our past, things that have happened before, and that can really dissuade us from hoping for the future. I've seen it. I've been there. I know what happens. I was talking about, uh, about this to my wife this week, and I said, do you have any examples in your life where this has happened to you? And she said, yes, actually, it came off the, off the top, of her, uh, top of her head very quickly. She said, uh, when I was a kid, I was riding a bicycle, and I fell off my bike. And I said, I never want to get on a bike again because I don't want to be someone who falls off of their bike. And that says a lot about my wife, even if you've never met her. No one will ever accuse me of being someone who falls off their bike. Well, fast forward a couple years in her, in her life. And I think she was around uh, 19 or 20, and she was going to this uh, ministry school in Colorado. And one of the 
one of the members of the team there, that ministry school or that ministry team, they had challenged a few people to do a triathlon. Well, triathlons, I don't know if you know, they involve bicycles. And so Amber, my wife, her first reaction was like, nope, I, I don't fall off bicycles. And to guarantee that I will never fall off a bicycle again, I will never get on a bicycle again. And that's logic. But, you know, there was a lot of uh, encouragement from the people on her team, and she ended up getting on a bicycle again. And it was funny because she did her training. Uh, I don't know if it's funny. Uh, it, she did her training on a bicycle, but they were doing this triathlon in Colorado, and there was a giant blizzard the day of the triathlon, so she actually had to do her biking miles on a, uh, how come I can't think of the word? Somebody tell me. Stationary bike. Thank you. That's how she had to do her, all her biking was on the stationary bike. And she did fall off. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't. <laughs> so that got me thinking for y'all, for you in your life, what is something that has happened in your past that you are allowing to determine your future? Something that has happened in your past that you are letting stop you from having hope for that same type of situation in the future? Is it something as simple as, well, I had one bad experience at a restaurant the first time I went, so now I will never eat there again, as if that experience indicates everything about that owner, that chef, that server. Maybe somebody was having a bad day. You ever had a bad day before? <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I'm saying that a little bit sarcastically because I am extremely judgmental, and I will leave scathing reviews for a restaurant after one visit. <laughs> maybe you're not as judgmental as me, that's okay. Or maybe it's a situation with uh, maybe relationships in your life, right? I, I've had enough conversations with, with my mother or with my, with my father. I've had enough conversations with my kid to know how they're going to react to this. So I have to have a difficult conversation, and I got to be honest with you, I'm not bringing a lot of hope because the previous conversations, my history I'm, gonna, I, I'm allowing that to determine how I think this conversation is going to go. So let's say you've had six difficult conversations in a row with your spouse, with your boss, with your employee, with your kid, whatever it is. You've had all these difficult conversations in a row. Now it's time for another one. How much hope are you bringing to that conversation? I would guess not very much. If you're anything like me, I would guess not very much hope. So how do we change our approach? Because if you look at, if you, if you just for imagine, or for, for, for a quick bit, imagine the rest of your life, maybe the, maybe the rest of the year, the next two years, there are going to be difficult situations in your life, difficult conversations that you'll need to have, big decisions that you'll need to make. And so what I want to challenge you with, and this is myself as well, what we get to decide, maybe today, what we get to decide is how are we going to approach those conversations, situations in the future? Are we going to let what has happened determine what will happen, or can we allow ourselves, challenge ourselves, invite ourselves to start with hope? Now, we, we mentioned it last week, so I'll say it briefly. Uh, when I say hope, I don't mean I hope everything goes well. 
I hope they don't have an attitude. Does anybody ever say, I hope I don't have an attitude in this conversation? <laughs> I don't. I'm not talking about that kind of hope. I'm not talking about the hope that wishes everything went the way they wanted. I'm talking about the hope that comes from who God has made us to be. So what if we said, all right, with these things that are going to happen in our future, instead of letting the past determine what this could look like, I'm going to bring hope with me and see what that could change. Not what that could change about this person. Not what that could change about what will happen, but what that can change about me and my faith. That's what you have control over, right? That's what is up to you, is the faith that you bring to a conversation. You can't control the outcome, but you can control how you bring your faith to it, the hope that you bring to it. I want to look at a, a particular verse today that looks forward with hope, that expects more with hope. And, and, and my goal for this, this particular verse today is to bring you a little bit of hope, is to give you a little bit of expectation. Because when I say expectation, I don't just mean expecting the best out of a situation. I also mean expecting God to show up with you, expecting God to be there with you. So this is in the book of Isaiah, and if you're not familiar with uh, the Bible, you're not a Bible scholar, which I am not, I want to tell you a little bit about the book of Isaiah. It is a giant book. It is a bunch of words. There's a lot of poetry in it, so it can be a very overwhelming book to just read from beginning to end. A lot of it being poetry, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain element where you would need to know kind of the context of what's going on in that time to understand what the poetry is talking about. And Isaiah, he was one of the prophets. In, in, in the old days, a lot, of, a lot of the time that, a lot of the ways that God would speak to his people, God would speak to the people of Israel, is he would have prophets. And usually, prophets would come up and talk to the people of Israel, and they would say how bad they're doing, and how sinful they are, and how much they've left Yahweh behind. And... But what was beautiful about every time a prophet would come up to the people of Israel, God's people, and tell them how horrible they were doing, there was always, but God's still here. Anytime there was a rebuke, there was room for redemption. I just love, I love that God is a God of redemption. That redemption has always been in his plan for us, for his people. All right, so this is in Isaiah. What we're looking at, what we're going to look at here is right after Isaiah, speaking of scathing reviews, right after Isaiah has left a scathing review of the people of Israel. And so we're picking up literally right after. In fact, I'll read you, I'll read you the last line before what we're going to look at today, okay? The line before it says, there'll be nothing left of you. <laughs> a flagpole, I'm sorry, it's not funny. Um, There'll be nothing left of you, a flagpole on a hill with no flag, a signpost on a roadside with the sign torn off. And then, watch what he says. Let's read it together here. But God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right. Everything. Those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. 
What a beautiful picture this paints of us being able to be the kind of people who will wait around for God to be gracious, who will wait for God to show mercy. So wherever you're at in your life, whatever is in your past that is holding you back from bringing hope to the future, whatever mistakes you have made in the past, and I can speak from experience, I have made mistakes in my past. I have hurt people that I love in my past. I have made decisions that have cost me and my family more money than I wanted it to in my past. So whatever it is for you and your past, I'm not trying to bring you down, but I'm trying to show you that whatever it is that has happened in your past, let's start with this. Whatever has happened in your past, God's not finished. So grateful that God is not finished with you. He's not finished with your story. He's not finished with your life. He's not finished with your family. He is waiting to be gracious, gathering his strength, to show mercy. Have you ever made a mistake or made a wrong decision, a de- decision and someone showed mercy to you? Someone was gracious with you. That's what the author here, Isaiah, is trying to express about God, is God is wanting to be gracious. God is wanting to show mercy. And those of us with the faith and the hope to expect that, to wait for that. We are the lucky ones. There's a few things I, I, uh, I wrote down that I'd like for you to write down as well or just remember or, uh, or just look. Don't let your past determine your future. Let it inform your future. See, a lot of times what we'll do, if you're anything like me, a lot of times what we'll do is what has happened to us stops us from trying that again or trying something similar. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said they had a bad experience. They live in New Braunfels. Don't get me started. They live in New Braunfels, and they work here in San Marcos, but they only come for work. And I'm so, like, diehard San Marcos, I, you know, I can't help but start judging. Those. I'm very judgmental. I can't help start judging those people. And she said she had a bad experience at one restaurant in San Marcos. And she said, now I'll never go back to San Marcos. Like, can you, can you, and those of you who have been in San Marcos or have, you know, done anything in San Marcos for any amount of time, you think, wow, how much is she, she or he, how much are they, how much are they missing out in the city of San Marcos by letting one experience stop them from coming back to this great city? How much of the time during the summer in the river are they missing? They're missing brunch at industry, breakfast at root cellar, insert your favorite restaurant, whatever it is. I'm not paid by any of these people. I'm just letting you know where we go. How much is this person missing? Now, okay, that's not about restaurants. Maybe life isn't about restaurants. For some of us, it is. Uh, Maybe life isn't about restaurants. But what bad experience 
What difficult experience in your life is now stopping you, is now, you are now letting that determine what your future looks like. Instead, instead, what if it informed your future, not determined? What if it informed your future so now, if you're this person, this friend of mine, if you're this person, the next time you go to San Marcos, you say, okay, well, I'm going to be hopeful about this visit to San Marcos. Maybe not every place is like this one I met. Now, your whole approach changes. Does that mean you're going to have a great experience? No, absolutely not. You might find somebody else on a bad day, or you might have another dud of a restaurant, of which I will not mention here on this microphone. But everything changes in your approach when you say, instead of me letting my past determine my future, I will let it inform my future. Now I can bring hope because now what has happened to me is no longer hindering me. You see what I'm saying? Now what has happened to me is no longer a problem. Now what has happened to me has taught me to grow into the hopeful person I wish to become. Next thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. If our best is behind us, then we miss out on the power of hope. Let me tell you what I mean. If the best things that have happened to us are in our past, then we have lost the power of hope. If we are constantly, because you can get stuck in the past two ways, right? You can, you can get stuck in the past in what has happened to you. You don't want to make that mistake again. You don't want to mess up that way again. So now you're going to never do that again. That's one way to get stuck in the past. Another way to get stuck in the past is, I wish things were like they used to be. You ever said this? Music just isn't as good as it used to be. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Uh, It is, though. You're just getting old. They don't make them like they used to. That's probably true. Right? But instead of letting the past, be this place where that was when the best things happened to us. Life can never be that good again. These situations can never be that good again. Relationships can never be that good again. We are single-handedly removing ourselves from what the power of hope can do in us and through us. We are the ones striking out this verse that says God's not finished. We're the ones that's saying, actually, we are finished because it won't get better than this. See, but hope, when we bring hope with us, hope expects more of the best. When we bring hope with us, we say, this was the best we've ever had, but hope expects better. Why not? Why can't it be? I've had experiences in my life, and I know, I know that you have as well, where you saw, you, 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 went, you go back and you thought, that was the best I've never had a better friend than I did back then when I was in middle school, when I was in high school. And if I would have thought that, I wouldn't have the deep friendships that I have now. If I would have looked back 10 years ago and I thought, this is the healthiest I'm ever going to be mentally, emotionally, then I would have closed off the opportunity for me to go to counseling and what that has done for me in my life. It's through the Spirit. This is the last thing I want you to write down. It is through the Spirit. The Spirit that God has put in us. The Spirit of who God is. It is through the Spirit 
that we want to be led by, guided by, through the Spirit, that we are empowered to receive hope from God and have hope for our future. And I was talking to Amber about this, about this story, about her, her bike, her bike fear. She told me that doing this triathlon awakened this love that she didn't know she had, this love for running. And so she would start to run. Even after the triathlon was over, she didn't, you know, this isn't a success story of now she's a biker, or cyclist, sorry. She is a biker. Is it awakened this love of running for her, and then she would go out and run a lot. And then she found that she loved running without headphones, just kind of being open to hear whatever was going on around here, being present in the moment. And that led to a love of being outdoors. And so she was telling me, she said, how much would I have missed about who I feel I have become if I would have let this one incident with the bike stop me from ever doing it again? And it got me thinking something about, something about my life is when we first started this church, The Heart. It was, a, it was a, maybe an odd start for most churches because a lot of the people on our launch team, our leadership team at the very beginning, more than half of us had come from a church background, a church history, where we were bringing a mistrust for churches. Or, or maybe a mistrust for church people. And so it was this weird thing that we would navigate together of how do we have this mistrust for church people but also become the kind of church and community that we wish we would have had when we were growing up. And so I started to think like if I would have let my previous experience with churches and church people. See, because I didn't, I didn't really start a relationship with, with God or, or a relationship with Jesus until I was in my early 20s. This was like five years ago, you know? I didn't really start a relationship. So early on in my middle school, high school years, I told you I am very judgmental. So I was very judgmental to those Christians and those Christian people. And Oh, let me guess, an offering is coming, isn't it? It's time for ask for money again, isn't it? There was, no, there was maybe no harsher judge than I was growing up about everything that Christians were and who they said they were. And, you know, I thought they were all hypocrites and everything else. And some of us are. But I was like, man, what if, what if all of that would have kept me from bringing any hope to what this could be? I mean, y'all, coming up in April, I'm sorry, March, coming up in March, It'll be seven years of us doing the heart. And if I would have let my past determine my future, we wouldn't be here. And maybe you would. Maybe it'd be some other church. And maybe you'd be in this room right now. But we wouldn't be here together on this journey of faith together talking about the hope, the power of hope, and what it can do for us in our lives. What could we be missing out on just because we let what has happened determine what could be? 
Instead, we will let what has happened informed how we could grow into who we want to be. That's the power that you and I have. We are empowered by God to bring that hope. It is almost a responsibility we have. That's how much we are empowered to bring hope with us. That's what I want for you. I want that for you today. I want that for you this week. Because bringing this power of hope, it could change your life. It could change the course of who you think you might be and transform you into the person that you will become. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and bow your head. And I want to bring you a challenge today. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a bit. And when I ask you to raise your hand, I want you to do so only if you are ready to accept this challenge. And here's the challenge. This week, when you find yourself holding back from something because of what has happened in your past, when you find yourself tentative, apprehensive to do something, to say something, to approach something because of how it has gone in the past, I want to challenge you to say, for this situation, I will start with hope. Even if it doesn't turn out how I want, I'm still going to bring hope with me because bringing hope with me is on me. I am empowered to bring hope, not to determine the outcome, to bring hope. If that's a challenge you want to accept with all your eyes closed, every head bowed, if that's a challenge you want to accept this week, put your hand up real quick. One, two, three, put it up. Leave it there for a second. Okay, put it down. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, for this message of hope, this empowered hope that we have to bring with us. God, I thank you that no matter what has happened in our past, you are not finished. You are not finished being gracious. You are not finished showing mercy. You are not finished with our life. I pray that we would lean on you, that we would trust in you, that we would trust the spirit that you have put in us, and we would be led by your spirit in our life, in our family, and in our faith. And it's in all of this we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.